As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, this is On Farm. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Anna Davis. This time we're in a farmhouse kitchen with steaming cups of tea and lovely homemade shortbread, hearing all about the brilliant work of farming charity RSABI. Hope you enjoy. So I'm joined today by uh, Mags Granger, who is the welfare manager at RSABI. Hello. Nina Clancy, the chief executive, although I know she doesn't like that title. (laughs) Hi there. Next to me is Ewan Pate, who is a man of many hats. He is the chairman of RSABI, a journalist and just as importantly, a farmer. Hello. And also joined by Colin and Lynn Lowry, whose kitchen we're in today, and they farm in the hills of East Lothian. Hello. Hello. Yes, we're in a beautiful kitchen. Uh, We're warmed by the Arga because it's a miserable day outside. There are two large Labradors and one most adorable Labrador puppy sleeping behind us, currently looking very peaceful, but time will tell. So I think I might uh, start by having a chat with Ewan, if that's okay with you, Ewan. Can you tell me, first of all, a little bit about how you came to be chairman of RSABI and why? And why? Yes, that's a good question. RSABI is a charity that I've known really all my life. My mother used to be a collector for RSABI. I've been aware of it. You know, it's a charity. It's well over 100 years old. It is a rural charity. It's particularly for farmers, for those who have worked on the land, for those who have given their whole life to the land and who, for various reasons need uh, help, either emotional help, financial help, practical help. I could see it was for my industry, which is farming, and that's why I feel so so passionately about it. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your fellow trustees and, and where they're from and, and maybe what their motivations are as well? Yes, I mean, really have a, a superb group of trustees. There's, there are nine of us, plus, say, a couple of co-opted trustees. They all have skills financial skills, legal skills, farming skills. Very, very lucky to to have them. Uh, My vice chairman is David Leggett, well-known auctioneer. They're all uh, basically of the farming industry, and that's a huge help. Mags, you are the welfare manager, so you're in charge of of the helpline staff and the rest of the team, the welfare team. Can you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day life and how, how you go about as a team helping farmers who've hit upon hard times? Well, it's quite a varied role that I play and the case officers and the helpline staff play. We have um, case officers that visit clients throughout Scotland since April this year. So the last six months, there's probably been about 390 visits made in houses in Scotland. We've got a helpline that we've probably done in the last um, six months, about 1,000 calls in and out. 
So we support people in their own homes, make sure if they're vulnerable, they get regular calls to make sure they're all right. And then the case officers go out and look at the practical, financial and any other emotional support that's needed out there. So every day is different and every client we visit or talk to have a different scenario that we try and help with. Yeah, absolutely. And so how how do you come to know of, of who's out there that, that might need help from RSABI? Well, some people say I prefer. Some people have heard about our work through other people and primarily we get quite a lot of referrals from statutory agencies like the ARPID, QMS. Um, we also get referrals from banks. We get referrals from Macmillan's. We get referrals locally from local citizens' advices. The only thing I would say is often we could have done but been referred to about three or four months before. Mm. Farmers by nature appear to leave things to the last minute and often would like to get in touch quicker. It's really important then if, if you are an accountant going down farm roads to speak to your clients and customers or if you you work for NFU Mutual and you're out visiting people or anybody that's that's in regular day-to-day contact with, with members of the farming community that you keep, keep your eyes peeled and, and your ears open for where they might need help and, and to refer to RSABI if you've got any concerns. Would that be right? Absolutely. There can be lots of signs that things aren't going well, either on the farm or on the person. But the simplest way to think about it is, is something not right? Is something different that you can't put your finger on? And often that can be a sign that there's a, you know, that things aren't going as well as they used to. And the earlier we get involved, the better. Is that done in confidence? If 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 I was to refer someone, for example, is that done in, in confidence? Obviously, yeah. Yeah, everything that we do is fully confidential. If you f- are worried about somebody else and you phone us in, we'll give you hints on how to help. But ideally, if we can get permission to cl- phone the client from the client, so if you tell us that they've said it's okay to phone, we will phone them directly and get involved. Um, and by referring somebody doesn't mean you get to hear what's going on. It's very much not the case. So once you've made the referral, it's yes, then it. yeah, absolutely, Nina. No, you're, yeah, you're keen to come just, there, um, yeah, there's about 80% of the clients that we uh, help and support come through referrals. So it is a really mm. important aspect of, of what we do. Training is available um, for any organisation that wants to sort of help with their staff and how to spot those signs, because it's all important within the industry that we look out for each other. Well, absolutely. And, and it must be very difficult for, for anybody who, even though they may have acknowledged that, that they want to make contact, it's difficult to actually pick up the phone and I think that's where I was I was keen to to come and and ask Colin you know um I suppose pride is one word you'd associate with not just farmers but many people out there in industry but some people may be prevented from picking up the phone but how do you think we can help them feel encouraged and safe to to pick up the phone if they think that they need help themselves uh, well, there's probably a stigma attached to, you know, to asking for help. What we're doing today is, is one aspect of helping. And Nina and the team have, have, are getting the message out about RSABI that it's not, there's nothing wrong in asking for help if you need it. I do think probably partners or friends, they're, they're probably the, or people, as you suggested, who are travelling around and meeting farmers and other people in the countryside. And if they notice anything different or untoward. Mags. Yeah, I think sometimes folk don't actually understand the depth of the work that we do. We've got a very holistic service in terms of practical, financial and emotional support with the majority of people um, looking for that practical and emotional support. So the earlier that they can come to us, um, the more options we can tend to have. Often of it leaving it too late, especially if you're talking about um, issues with banks or statutory agencies, the more time you give us, the more options we have for you. 
Yeah, I always thought RSABI was to help people, you know, pay for TV licenses or, or things like that, or if they're in hard times, financial help. But I think the emphasis has obviously changed more to um, mental well-being and emotional help. I think one of the biggest problems is a lot of people don't understand that they are actually needing help. And in a way, you can understand why they're not being referred quickly enough, because people don't actually realise the situation they're actually in. What might be some of the warning signs you know, if, if you're worried about your neighbour or a relative? I mean, they could be too long to list, but if you're talking about the farmyard, is it less tidy than it used to be? Is there things not getting done on farm that used to be getting done before, which could show the sort of lack of motivation to get things done? I mean, if you're talking about the farmer themselves, is their personality change? Are they drinking a bit more? Are they still in bed? Are they sleeping a lot more? Drinking a lot more can also be a sign. And just a general is something changed? Is things not getting done? Is the house cold? If the farm's cold, it could be a sign that they're struggling financially to put the heating on. And I think, again, it's about RACBI and the holistic service that we give. You know, in terms of we've, we've spent a lot of time building up our toolkit, as it were, so that we've got everything in place that we need to help people that are, are struggling. And that could be from getting a business report done via the Scottish Government to see how the business could be managed effectively going forward, to accessing counselling services for people because of the long waiting list for NHS chest just now. Ewan? Yes, I think these are really important points that uh, that Mags has made. I mean, the whole farming industry act as the eyes and ears, auctioneers, vets, representatives of feed companies, all these sort of people who go onto farms, they actually are the first people to notice that something's wrong. For example, livestock coming into a market not looking as good as it should do, and you think, Gosh, there might be something wrong here. So I think my message would be for the whole industry to work together, to be alert and not to be frightened to make referrals or to speak to people. People acknowledge that farming can be a lonely occupation. And so it's crucial that that people who are visiting those farms on a regular basis keep their eyes open to see what's changing and what, what might be going on. Because otherwise... You could have people who aren't seeing another human soul for, for weeks on end, and we need to make sure that that's, that's not happening. That's one, yeah. of the, one of the things that's changed. That there's so many farms are just single-handed now. There's just far fewer people working on farms, yes, so yeah. people can go a long time. Even if they're not feeling withdrawn, they can just go a long time without speaking to anybody, and that's not good. Mm. We've had several helpline um, cases where we phone out to people that are lonely and isolated, mm-hmm. and that could be on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis. You know, where somebody's struggling, um, having that regular contact is really important. Mm. Um, and another case that we had, a farmer hadn't actually spoken to someone for six weeks. You know, it's quite incredible that that can happen in this day and age, but it happens. So, yeah, keeping an eye out for people is really important. Absolutely. Lynn, um, you had mentioned, I think one of the dogs is is having a bit of a dream because she made a funny noise down there. Um, Lynn, you mentioned earlier on, uh, we were talking about phone calls, that that you're potentially keen to volunteer for RSABI uh, perhaps next year. Can you tell us what kind of motivated you to start thinking about that? Yeah. Yes, um, our daughter, um, very, well, RSABI, very kindly, Fiona was able to do a work experience with them and it opened my eyes and I wasn't aware how many lonely people there were, you know, who just needed somebody to talk to uh, on a regular basis about everyday things that they probably see on the telly. And it also made you realise how much more help people are needing. People, farmers live in rural communities, tend to want to help each other anyway, 
but often they just don't really know that people are lonely and not that far away from them. And I think that's another thing, is just raising awareness you know, where people do need help. So yes, I'm hoping to um, be on the phones or support wherever I can. Yeah, Mags, I think probably if we all sat for a moment and thought we could think of somebody we know that may need help from RSABI, but we might be a bit reticent to refer them for fear of being seen to, to be prying in their lives... How do you advise people to overcome that? What can we do? Well, first of all, you can phone us yourself to give us an idea of what's going on so we can give you advice or or give you a a way to support your friend or whoever it is you're concerned about. But primarily, we would want you to ask that person for permission for RSABI to make contact. And if we get that permission, we will get in contact with them and start looking at how we can look at the issues that they're having now to help them move forward. Yeah, I think it's really important that people are aware that we will never contact somebody just out of the blue it's really important that we do get that yes, referral that yeah. permission and that conversation can be quite tough you know mm. if you've got somebody there that you're really worried about you know how do you actually go about saying yeah I think you need help but having that conversation is so important you know the last thing you'd want is to not do something and then something awful happen and we all know you know ag- uh, agricultural suicide rates are mm. absolutely appalling and I personally just want to see an end to that and we're here to provide support in those circumstances and yeah I think we all know someone has taken their own life and wished we could have done something about it. Yeah I think I think from a personal perspective I'd far rather take a small risk having a difficult conversation than have another conversation with myself down the line what if yeah. um and i think i think that's really we should, we all need to remember that yeah yeah i lost a really good friend about 6 years ago and uh, yeah i wish i'd uh, been more aware of rsabi at the time and it might have might have made a difference he was getting help right enough but maybe rsabi with a more intimate knowledge of agricultural and, and associated trades um, might have might have just made a difference there yeah. There's one uh, point just in following what, what, what Colin said there. Before I was so involved, there was a perception. There was the people that needed help and there's people that would never need help. And there were two separate factions. But that's absolutely not the case. I've discovered that quite, quite starkly now. An awful lot of the cases which do come uh, to us can be people who are motoring on absolutely perfectly and then things go wrong. It's often a combination of things. It might be a combination of, of, of illness and a market, say the, the beef market or whatever, the milk market, uh, in trouble. That puts stress on them. And suddenly, from motoring along absolutely perfectly, they're in trouble. And that can happen quite, quite quickly. So, you know, don't think it's a, a them and us situation. It's all of us in, in it together. Yeah, absolutely. No, nobody is immune because Nobody's it just immune. takes for something in your life to change and, and you're in a completely different situation. And again, we all know people who've been in that situation. There is an issue in farming in the sense that it's 1% of the working population, but 22% of workplace deaths. Our understanding, and we've seen it ourselves, is poor mental well-being can actually lead to lack of concentration, more risk-taking, lack of motivation that maybe stops you putting on a gate that you should have put on in ordinarily. So, yeah, we think poor mental health leads to that as well, apart from the pressures in farming itself that leads to that poor mental health. Yeah, I've been farming for um, almost 40 years, and um, there's been a huge change in the the, the number of people who work on farms. Even the reps that come in and see you, uh, there's much more done on the phone, which is fine. But um, I like selling my sheep on a Monday morning at St Boswell's, go out in the market and have a chat with guys around the table at breakfast time. And it's good just to do that, just 
to, you know, so we're all in the same boat and um, RSABI can sort of do that to other people who maybe need just a, a phone call and um, help in that way. I think it's probably fairly well known that not all farming families get on with each other all of the time. That can sometimes be an issue that leads to poor mental well-being or financial issues. Um, but I know that RSABI has a, a trick up its sleeve to, to help with people in that situation as well. Yeah, we do. And it's one of these things, it's, it's succession, it's just will planning with a business, but it's really important um, to do it early enough and have a conversation as, as one big group. So we can actually access mediators if the situation's beyond them being able to do it themselves, um, access mediators to come out and be able to help with that role. Anybody that's listened to this podcast that haven't thought about what they would have wanted to have, to have done if they'd gotten kicked by the bull yesterday needs to think about that today because often what you think you want done won't necessarily happen unless you plan it. We do get calls from both the children concerned that they're not getting, I'm saying children, but uh, offspring, concerned that they're not getting um, what they think they were going to get out of the farm. And then we've also had calls from farmers themselves feeling that there's a wee bit of tension in the family because the decision that they think they want to happen isn't suiting everybody in the family and really without having that conversation altogether it's not going to be resolved. We're not mediators ourselves but we can uh, access them for you. I didn't actually realise you did that Mike so that's that's quite a, yeah. a, a, a useful and important um, fact factor as well. Yeah. I think it's um, yeah it's becoming more more and more clear as, as our discussion goes on that you know whatever the help RSABI has a solution that might be financial, it might be to do with mental well-being, it might be to do with disagreements within families. But I think more or less every issue that the that farming families face, there is a way in which RSABI can help. I'd really like folk to th- recognise it as a service to the agricultural industry. You know, we're here to help and support. The charity issue sometimes puts people off. But if you treat it as a service that's there, that's free, that's useful, it's effective, I think more people would pick up the phone and use us. So, I mean, it's so important. um, And the quicker, the better. Why do you think the charity status is is off-putting for people or can be? I think, you know, the farming sector can be quite traditional and they don't want to have to ask for help as such or, you know, get charity help. But in this day and age, things have moved on. So I'd like to to compare it to if you have terminal cancer you wouldn't think twice about using Macmillan's for example Mm. that's the kind of attitude we need to create within the industry so that people see us and know that they can phone us for any problem that they have. To describe it as a service is absolutely correct but it's a sort of a a self-supporting an industry self-supporting service Mm. and that's why I'm so keen to promote the supporter scheme to become a a business supporter, as Colin has done and I, I do as well and many others do, mm-hmm. is really supporting this service. And I think it's so important that that's the, way, that's the way it's done, that the industry owns this service, helps to fund it and, if need be, benefits from it. It's a great circular argument. Well, I, I totally agree with you, and I, and I think if we think about all of, I'm not obviously going to name any names, but if we think about all of the businesses out there that rely on Scottish agriculture, whether they be feed merchants, tractor dealerships, vets, whatever, I think all of those businesses have a, a moral obligation to 
to support RSABI. That's my personal belief because that they they are benefiting. If it if it wasn't for a healthy agricultural industry, they wouldn't be um, surviving either. So yeah, I think that's a really good point, Ewan. And often they get a direct benefit because sometimes the line of communications have um, no longer exists, especially if there's outstanding bills. And if somebody comes to RSABI, we can get these communications lined o- lines opened again. Um, so, yeah, there can be a direct benefit yeah, for, for those point. that could be yeah. supporting our industry. Well, there's a, was there not a recent case where um, there was a farmer just about to be taken to court from a feed company? They'd fallen out over something actually quite trivial right at the beginning, but it escalated. Mm. So when the case officer went in and we found out a bit more information, we were able to buy that crucial time. The court action yeah. then ended up not happening and there was a, a bill payment plan put in place over a longer period and, and it was fine. You know, these things happen all the time. It could be an inspection with the Department of Agriculture. Mm. It could be a breakdown in communication with your bank. It could be, you know, a vet's worried that the bill's not paid and therefore has to go back in and still treat sick animals, but they're wondering whether they're going to get paid again. So there's loads of examples of that out there. We are all aware of it. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, sometimes you've got, with, with everything, I think you've got to try and nip it in the bud and a call to RSABI might just be the way to do that before it escalates. And I think it's important to realise that a con- contact with RSABI is about helping people move forward. We also have the experience to go into farms and understand where there may be opportunities for benefits or other um, opportunities to help in terms of energy or adaptations if people have ad- accidents or illness. And last year we actually raised about a quarter of a million pounds for clients that we got for them just because we were there and realised that there was money missing that they could have been having. In fact, yes. quite recently we had one person that went in and the case officer realised they hadn't been getting the entitlement that they should have been getting for the last two years and within a couple of days they got a cheque for £18,000. So actually, for want of a better word, I suppose signposting is key in that, that or, or assistance in that you, RSABI, might not be able to directly help, but you can tell people what they might be missing out on in terms of other benefits and, and direct them to the right places that they maybe don't know themselves. Yes, but you know, we yeah. do a little bit more than that, because if you expect people to do all that for themselves, mm. quite often it will never happen. No, absolutely. So we'll facilitate an appointment with Citizens Advice. We might mm. go along with them and, and help them fill in the form where needed so yes we're clever about how we use other expert people to come in and help us Mm -hmm. but we're always there to give that practical support to make sure it actually happens yeah and I suppose we've talked quite a lot about helping individuals which you do you know in in such an amazing way but you don't just help individuals you help maybe couples or families as well if they need assistance Mags can you tell us a bit more about that yeah, we, we've probably had a massive increase in the amount of younger people, younger working farmers and farm workers coming to us now. In work poverty is a real thing, so um, we've created, a, spent a lot of time supporting those, especially if they've been diagnosed with serious illness or accidents. So not only do we then look at the situation, we've had a young family whereby um, the the dad was diagnosed with a serious illness so what we did there was we got a business review done to look at how the business could be managed maybe on a smaller scale that they could manage and then because of the income loss during the initial um, diagnosis of the illness we supported the family just with Tesco vouchers to make sure that they didn't have any difficulty eating until we got benefits in place that they needed. I don't want to embarrass uh, Mags and Nina but I am truly impressed with the quality of work that they do and with the skill 
that our case officers deploy when they go out and about. These are really nice people and uh, they are extremely knowledgeable about what they're doing. Um, you know, we, we've said we, we all know somebody, but there will be many people listening to this podcast who will be thanking their lucky stars that they're in a really strong and positive position in their lives at the moment. But it's still really relevant for them to be listening because they can help RSABI if they don't need help themselves, they're in a perfect position to provide help. And there are many different ways in which people out there can help RSABI. Can you just outline a few of them, Nina? Yeah, um, we spend about a million pounds a year in charitable activities and that's growing with 25 to 30 new clients a month at the moment and we're eating into our reserves so what we're trying to do is to get many people associated with the industry to contribute a small amount annually and be a supporter of the charity an Mm -hmm. annual supporter and you can do that through your business you can do that on an individual basis and it's growing slowly um, but we'd really like people to to sign up to that and that's available on the website Colin I think you've signed up haven't you yeah, we signed up recently. Um, actually, I heard Nina at a local monitor farm meeting and um, she did a very persuasive case on yeah, talking about the, the benefits that RSABI does to the agricultural community. So I had no hesitation in becoming a, a supporter. I mean, it is. It's 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 really really important. Um, so it's one hundred and fifty pounds for a business supporter, and that can fund two case officer visits to go out and really help find the practical solutions needed to move a farmer and his family out of their difficulties. Five hundred pounds could fund ten counselling sessions. The NHS and their services are really pushed, mm-hmm. and from going to see a GP to actually getting further help can be six to nine months, and that can end up, you know, someone going through into a real crisis. We're able to provide those counselling sessions and that unplug that gap to avoid that crisis. It's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, an important part of our work, and one I'm really impressed with, is the helpline we have, which is a financial help to run that from the Royal Highland and Agricultural. Society of Scotland, and that's really much appreciated. But we're not only taking calls in through the helpline, we're now able to put calls out so people can get a monthly call, a weekly call, as required, to see if they're okay and speak to somebody. And I think that line of communication is one we didn't have before and is hugely important now. I think you probably just hit the nail on the head there, you, and communication is the key word. And I think anybody out there who is already knowledgeable about or supportive of RSABI should be talking about it. I think, you know, we, we everybody needs to overcome their, their pride and start having conversations just like, like we are now about the work that RSABI does. And, and everybody out there who, who supports the charity is an ambassador and we really, really need their help to, to spread that word and, and get everybody talking about the charity and how it can help. Absolutely. Now, despite the the serious nature of what RSABI does, there can and there is a fun element to what you do. And I think that's really important as well. One small example is people are able to buy brilliant Christmas cards, which support the charity. Um, But there are other events that that you organise and run throughout the year that, that are designed to fundraise, but also for people to have fun. So can you tell us a bit about those, Nina? Our, our flagship one is uh, is the Great Glen Challenge. And for everybody that's competed in it, apart from you're absolutely crazy because it's really, really hard, <laughs> um, it fundraises a huge amount of money for us. So that that's uh, teams of four and one walks, one cycles, one runs and one kayaks. Um, and it's all in the held in the Great Glen. Um, so go from Fort Augustus down to Fort William. We've had one year where there's been absolutely no rain and it was beautiful. And then this year, 
it never stopped raining the whole time. I mean, they were all like drowned rats. They were amazing, <laughs> amazing people. And I've just, I, t- I take my hat off to them because it was really, really hard. But it, there's a great team spirit. Yes, um, yes, there's lots of organisations and agricultural businesses that get involved in that and they actually love it. We had 26 teams of four plus support drivers and other hangers on, as I like to say, all in the hotel at night. The atmosphere was buzzing and it was just great fun it was really good fun absolutely and I can speak from experience because I participated a couple of years ago in the cycling and I came second last um <laughs> but I still enjoyed it and uh, it didn't dampen my enthusiasm I bet for you were covered in mud as well, oh, you? I was, yeah. <laughs> my excuse is that I just recently had a baby but I, I don't think that was actually the real reason why I was so hopeless <laughs> Max, I, I hope you've um, got the helpline number etched in your memory because I'm going to ask you to give it to us now, if you could, please. OK. Our helpline number is 0300 111 And I'll say it again. 0300 111 And please call as early as you can. The more time we have, the, the, it's much easier to help. Can I ask everybody listening to actually plug that into your phone? Because we've all kind of had a big discussion today about how life can chuck a curveball at you but if you put it in your phone and something happens you've got it right there handy thank you um mags just another quick practical question what are the the hours in which people can call the helpline the helpline is open 365 days a year christmas and new year included and it's open from seven in the morning till 11 at night Uh, so that's Hugely important information for anybody who might need to pick up the phone. Um, what about if if somebody out there is listening and they're thinking, right, okay, today's the day I'm going to sign up as a business supporter. How do they do that, Nina? They can phone the office um, on 0131 472 4166 or if they're digitally minded, they can go through the website and very easily plug in details there. If they'd like a chat about some of the other um, services that we provide, you know, the mental health training, um, how to spot the signs, etc., it's probably best to phone the office and we can get a development officer out to visit them. We've got Andrew, uh, Margot and Marianne all um, working hard to try and get people signed up. So I guess the other plea out there is if they do get in touch with you, please give them some time to have a chat um, and see if if it's something you're willing to do. We shouldn't forget the volunteers who are a huge help to us. And I'm really delighted to hear Lynn saying what she said earlier on and her intention to become a volunteer. I mean, that's super news. Yes, I mean, I've been to the Great Glen Challenge many times and and you see a lot of familiar faces who are people there, many of whom are farmers or connected to the farming industry who are there. They've travelled all that way to give their time for nothing because they want to help steward or help organise and and it's it's all all required to help um, the cogs keep turning. Mm. So thank you very much for listening to another episode of the On Farm podcast. We'd love you to keep in touch with us and give us your feedback. You can engage with us on Twitter at on underscore farm UK. Thank you so much to all of our contributors. And uh, the three dogs have been fantastic and kept pretty quiet for us. So enough of my voice. I'd like you to hear uh, last of all from Nina of RSABI about how you can get in touch if you think you might need help. Yeah, if you're struggling or know someone who is please get them to pick up the phone. The helpline is there available for everybody 365 days a year. It's 0300 111 4166. Thank you very much.